the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, I came upon the child of God. He was walking along the road, and I asked him, Tell me where I Where was he going? Said I'm going down to last us found on the journey and I know there. Got to get back to the land, set my soul. Okay, Heidi, sing. Here we go. We are scattered. <laughs> okay, we'll take Today was the end of Woodstock in uh, 1969. That's why I wanted to open with that. You know, I, I started off in radio doing rock and roll. That was a big song during the time that I was just getting underway. And I got to tell you, I <laughs> I stood in, I was inside the, the studio talking to Heidi, and I said, hey, today is uh, the end of Woodstock back in 69. Let's play Woodstock. And she just looked at me. <laughs> and she said, who did it? <laughs> and I told her who it was, and she looked at me like, who's Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young? You know who that is. Okay, well, that's good. It was so funny. You know, Young was there. Neil Young was at Woodstock with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. However, in his contract, it said he would not be on camera. He did not want to be on camera. So uh, that's why you didn't see, see Neil Young when they, they appeared. Uh, they're like the, are they the second or third act? They're they're pretty, pretty early in the in the documentary. At, uh, by the way, one of the cameramen was Martin Scorsese, and uh, so anyway, it uh, it was a great music festival. They tried to redo it in the '90s, and it was abysmal failure. Uh, people then were not of the same mindset <laughs> of what they were in 1969, just so you shall know. All right, so that's our look back in history real quickly here on, on the Dave Ellswick Show. I thought you'd like to hear that. I know that's a great great piece of music. If you're a rock and roll fan, you know that's a classic. And uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash are always going to be known as one of the you know big groups out of the late 60s, early 70s. <clears throat> Neil, you... Neil Young was with him for a few years, and then he went on his own. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, who was the group that joined him? I forget now. I can't think of their name right now. I'll, I'll come up with it, okay? It, it, it will strike me. It's got to get – what what happens is that all these things that I, that I get stuck in my gray matter have to make their way through all the rust uh, and, and, and get to the front of my brain. So I'm sure it will. All right, so what were the big uh, stories yesterday? Uh, well, Liz Cheney, self, uh, uh, you know, she, she brought, her, brought it on herself, uh, lost last night out in Wyoming. 
by about 66% to 28%. Or 23, maybe it was 23%. Let's see if I got the exact numbers here. Take a quick look here, see if I got it. Uh, She got crushed. I mean, she outspent the person who was running against her, outspent her significantly, and still just got crushed. Uh, Harriet Hagman is the winner there. She was uh, endorsed by Trump. You know, that's something to talk about. Trump is doing something that has never been done by any other uh, president, former president. There's been, I think, 100, 192 races thus far. And he's won. He has picked the winner of every one of them. 92% of the time. That's huge. I mean, that's just, that is so monstrous, it's amazing. Of all of the Republicans that uh, voted against him during the time that he came up for impeachment, uh, only two of them have survived. I think there were six of them. And two of them have survived. And they've gone on to the general election. One is out in Washington State. I know that. I'm not sure where the the other. Oh, California. California, where the other is. Uh, The rest uh, have either retired. Four of them retired. And uh, the other four were soundly beaten uh, in their primaries. And uh, Liz Cheney is the, the latest. Now, I I watched her uh, concession speech yesterday, not last night. I watched it early this morning and listened to her say that uh, the battle has just begun. Liz, you're wrong. Your battle is done. And I'll talk to Congressman Hill at 706 about this. Um, You know, there's a lot of people in Congress that they're still friends with her, but they they said that, you know, with the way that she had done with getting involved with the uh, um, the J6 committee and all of that, she had to go. I mean, she was going against uh, Republican uh, platform ideas, and you can't allow somebody just to stay in and do that. you got to follow your platform, and that's not what she was doing. And... Uh, I guess the thing that bothered me most of watching her run is that her dad came out and and did a uh, did a commercial for her. Of course, Dick Cheney is her father, uh, and uh, yeah, I like Dick Cheney. I've interviewed Dick Cheney on many an occasion. Smart man, um, you know he uh, he worked with uh, with Bush, the uh, junior, during the time that he was president. And um, and did a lot of good things for this country. And I guess he felt it was required of him to um, stand up for his daughter, even though he knew she was going to get her clock cleaned. There's no doubt he didn't know that. Uh, All of the polling numbers were solidly against uh, Liz Cheney. And then uh, she made some kind of uh, odd statement last night that uh, she's thinking about running for president. Why? You don't have a snowball's chance. You're done as far as the Republican Party is done. And the Democrats aren't going to trust you because uh, your father's Dick Cheney. So um, I, I don't know what she was trying to prove. 
I really don't know what she was trying uh, to prove. But uh, she, in her own head, thought that she was trying to prove something, I guess. And it was, she's got about five different things she probably can uh, do. I mean, she's the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney, has dodged questions about a potential 2024 run, preferring to bring the conversation back to her main goal, keeping Trump out of the White House. Uh, she says she could land a gig on cable television or uh, join a think tank or pin a book. But uh, Republican strategist uh, Scott Jennings, who worked in the Bush-Cheney White House, says Cheney's next logical step toward accomplishing that goal is a 2024 uh, bid. uh, He went on to say, you can bet that if Cheney launches a campaign for president, she's going to, you know, the amount of coverage she will get and the amount of media attention she will get will far outstrip her standing in the polls. And so it strikes me that if you're wanting to talk to Republican audiences about what you think is an important point of view, what better way to do that and to do it in the presidential cycle. Does he really think that people want to get in on that and talk about it? Do you think that people who are watching uh, former President Trump crush his adversaries in front of him? Like I said, he's been 92% on the candidates that he's supported, have won uh, in the primaries. Do you want to turn him to his eye looking at you? I don't think so. So I think everybody would just, that really doesn't like Trump, will just kind of keep their mouth shut. Uh, logistically speaking, a Cheney White House bid is possible. The Congresswoman skyrockets at even greater national prominence uh, through her work as vice chair of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. Now, Here's what here's where Liz Cheney made her mistake. And I, I want to talk to to Congressman uh, Hill about this, because he said, you know, uh, at the beginning, when they said they were going to do this, that he wouldn't have any problem looking at what happened on January 6th. But he wanted to look at all of it. He wanted to look at what Pelosi didn't do about uh, the the National Guard troops that were in Washington, D.C., about uh, the police letting people into the Capitol and all the rest. You know, if you're going to do something like this, uh, you know, you should open it up to everybody. Well, Pelosi and the the Democrats weren't going to do that. They shut the Republicans down completely. And, um, you know, the only people that got on that committee were um, basically two Republicans who were anti-Trumpers. You know, that's Kinsinger and then, uh, of course, uh, Cheney. And I'd like to know why I wish you would come out and say something, why she doesn't bring up these other things that need to be brought up, too, about what wasn't done to protect the Capitol. Because there was a lot that wasn't done. Why were uh, the National Guard troops brought in and told that they had to uh, sleep in parking garages and things of that nature? There's a lot of questions to be asked. She didn't ask any of those. She didn't ask any of the questions Republicans wanted to hear some answers for. And that's why 
Uh, she's such a pariah to the party now. Bottom line. So um, it's going to be going to be interesting to see if she's got any place within the Republican Party in uh, in the future. Congresswoman skyrocketed at, uh, about all of this. She said that uh, she had seven point four million dollars remaining in her campaign account three weeks ago. Uh, Insiders agree winning the 2024 GOP presidential nomination would be an uphill battle for Cheney. You think? You think that would be an uphill battle? Why don't you say something that nobody even thought about? Duh. Uh, Most hypothetical polls show Trump in the lead. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a a proponent of Trump's uh, policies, is in second. And while voters are still being counted... Uh, Cheney appears to be trailing by 30 points or more. Uh, that uh, talking about Wyoming. But even with little chance of winning, Cheney may run to influence the outcome of the pro- uh, primary. Quote, how do you define success? Uh, Jennings said. For her, it may be less about winning the nomination and more about keeping Trump from getting the nomination. So I think it just depends on how you define success. I don't see how she stops him from getting the the nomination if he runs. Trump has won in every poll, CPAC, uh, uh, the things that are going on with Charlie Kirk's group and all the rest. He's won by 50 points in every uh, straw poll that they do. Number two has been DeSantis, but trailing behind quite a bit. So, um, you know how the old saying goes, don't tilt at windmills. I said this, remember before the primaries here in Arkansas, I was talking about some of the people who decide to run for certain uh, certain uh, uh, positions, and uh, they don't have much of a chance, and they're tilting at uh, windmills. Well, you know, you have the right to tilt at windmills, but you got to know what your chances are when you tilt at windmills. And if you've read any of the, the books uh, dealing with Don Quixote and things of that nature, you know his chances were little to slim to none, and he wasn't a big winner. All, the, only, the only winning at Man of La Mancha was the dream, the impossible dream, the song. That was what, what came out of Man of La Mancha. So let's uh, take our break, first break, to Liz Cheney. I probably won't be talking about you much anymore. Well, we'll talk about you at 7 o'clock. But we'll talk to you uh, about you with, uh, you know, Congressman uh, French Hill, because I want to hear what he has to say about your future. That's coming up 20 minutes after 6 on a uh, Wednesday, middle of the weekday, hump day. We're closer to Friday than we were on Monday. You know, we're only a couple weeks away from Labor Day and the college football season. I'm looking forward to that. I hope you are, too. And uh, did you see where we've been ranked in uh, college football? Coaches poll has us 19th in the nation. And um, I think uh, the poll from uh, USA Today had us at 21. Uh, So we're in the top 25. Now, that's a good thing, but it also puts extra pressure on the team really does. Puts extra pressure on them. Hey, don't forget about ICU uh, protection. You want to talk about putting pressure on somebody? How about putting pressure on uh, criminals? How about guys that want to burglar or gals that want to burglarize your home? 
uh, make it tough on them. Give a call to Billy Mack. Let him do your uh, your security for your house or for your business. He does it right. And need I tell you that uh, here in Little Rock, um, as far as it being safe, not so much anymore. 11 shootings over the weekend. Not good. Not good at all. And the mayor twiddles his thumb. He's kind of like Nero. He's fiddling while Rome burns. Well, he's fiddling while while uh, Little Rock is burning. But Billy Mack can help you with your house, get you the uh, door and window sensors you need, help you find out uh, how many indoor and outdoor cameras you need for your home. Uh, how about a doorbell camera? They got those. They got the motion uh, detection. They do the analytics uh, for you because they can tell the difference between whether uh, you're – your security system going off, if it's an animal or a big gust of wind or it's a person. It's smart enough that it can detect that and, and uh, decide what it is. It can do that for your business as well. And you don't have to pay for the hardware when it's put in. That's absolutely free. All you do is pay for the service. This is the same group that takes care of Nuke One and their security. They can take care of you as well. Call Billy Mack. Talk to him about the cameras. Talk to him about protecting your home. He'll help you out. 501-205-1333. I have his system. I love it. It comes. I, if something comes up uh, on my driveway, I get a, a picture of it immediately. That's Billy Mack, the owner of uh, ICU Protection. Back with you. So what else has happened that you need to know about as you just get up and, and get going here on a, on a Wednesday? Well, yesterday, uh, the president flew in from Delaware to Washington, D.C., headed to the dining room uh, where they set up a table and covered it in a white cloth and set down the, the bill that he was going to sign. The, uh, of course, uh, not aptly named uh, Inflation Reduction Act. So he signed that yesterday and then left and went directly uh, from the White House uh, to Andrews Air Force Base and flew back to Delaware, Wilmington, and then out to the beach again. So Because he's on vacation. I mean, he's on vacation doing his thing. Well, this legislation, of course, you know, was passed by the United States House of uh, Representatives and Senate last week. It allocates $740 billion towards the IRS, Affordable Care Act subsidies, green energy subsidies, and tax credits. Now, notice two of those are subsidies. That means they're going to give money away. Uh, Affordable Care Act subsidies, money they're going to send to you to offset that you have to buy insurance. Uh, How much you get depends on how much you make. And then, of course, green energy subsidies, and we don't have, uh, you know, any idea at all who's going to get the, the money. Lord knows that the people in Solyndra that was uh, came about during Obama's term, hopefully they're not trying to resurrect their business, that uh, the government got behind all of their loans and everything, and then they went bankrupt. Uh, CBS reporting, despite its name, the extent to which the bill will help lower inflation remains to be seen. That's a a model from Penn Wharton, says the bill won't necessarily affect inflation. And then why call it the Inflation Reduction Act? I mean, they they asked Manchin that. Uh, 
I think that was Peter Ducey's wife. She's a, uh, a female reporter for Fox News. Asked the president, uh, you know, how is this going to affect uh, inflation? The name of this bill is different than what it does. And and uh, she says, um, when's it going to affect inflation? And basically he said, I don't know. Don't have a clue. We just needed to do this. Uh, it's the perfect time to do it. Because you remember Manchin been hanging out for like a, a, a year not doing any of this kind of stuff, saying to the Democrats, you wouldn't do it. They wanted to spend trillions of dollars. So I guess it got down to $740 billion, and he was able to digest that and say, I'll get behind it. So uh, Biden inflation is going to continue doing its thing. We're going to get a supersized IRS, uh, and they're saying that the government is going to make an additional $20 billion in new revenue by auditing people that make under $400,000 a year. Now, your taxes won't go up, they said. All they're going to do is to come in and give you a proctology exam and uh, charge you to to pay them about an extra two hundred or twenty billion dollars. All right, let's so let's go back and and uh, talk a little bit more uh, about the signing of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act that happened yesterday and uh, what it is, what it does. Because I I went to say. Twenty billion, and I added an extra zero. I said two hundred billion. So I want to correct that uh, with you. Twenty billion is bad enough. All right, just to let you know. Uh, since Biden has started as president, uh, the amount of money he has poured into uh, the economy in tax dollars three trillion eight hundred billion. That's that's what he has poured into the economy. Three trillion eight hundred billion. And they wonder why we're having inflation. Uh, He was told as they got ready to put another trillion dollars in uh, last year not to do it, that it was going to cause inflation. And uh, now we have inflation because they did it. And then they took and they came with this bill. And they have now added another $740 billion. Um, Even those who believe that this will help reduce inflation have been talking about, yeah, about eight years down the road. You might see it do something. Uh, There's others that are saying, like the Congressional Budget Office, saying that the impact on inflation would be negligible before helping lower inflation, perhaps, uh, in later years. Now, the president went out of his way yesterday, and the president is notorious for telling, having misguided statements. And some of them are just normal gaffes that he makes. Others are... uh, you know, just lies that he's telling that uh, he takes and twists the truth so that uh, you think one thing and you really get another. For instance, 
He told you yesterday, if you make under $400,000, you're not going to pay any more taxes. It was was a campaign promise I made, he said, and I'm going to keep to it. You will not pay any additional taxes. However, what he didn't say is that they're taking billions of dollars and supersizing the IRS. They are, in effect, doubling the size of the IRS is what they are going to do. Now, there's a lot of people who say, well, they're just going to go out and go after the people with a lot of money. Uh, if you go out and just look at the number of billionaires that we have here in this country, you're looking at about 60 or 80 people at the most. Okay. What they are saying is this. They have said they are going to get about $20 billion in new revenue by auditing people that make under $400,000 a year. And there have been uh, different um, uh, information that has come out over the last uh, three weeks that show that the people who are most likely to get audited make $25,000 or under. Now, why would that be? Well, it just makes sense. Let's just think this through just a little bit. Who is easier to extract the money from? The people who can go out and hire lawyers, CPAs, to help uh, protect them from uh, breaking any of the uh, tax laws? And let me tell you what, there are so many tax laws, it's ridiculous. There are books upon books upon books of laws when you look at how they figure out taxes in the country. It's one of the most complex systems in the world. And you can easily uh, get somebody who's doing an audit at you, uh, looking at your return, and say, well, I know that some people say you can take that as a a deduction, but uh, no, I don't believe you can. And then they can come after you about it. And And they do. They do do that. That's exactly what they do. So they're talking about they're going to get another $20 billion. And again, they're going for the low-hanging fruit. What do I mean by that? Well, who do you want to go after? The person who can hire people, lawyers, and and doesn't like spending their money on lawyers. But uh, if it's the way that they can save money and have more money after they have been taxed, It only makes sense that you go after the people who can't defend themselves best and take the money from them. And if you're one of those people that doesn't make a lot of money and they they decide they're going to come after you and and try to pick up uh, some money from your uh, uh, income tax, you're the one they're coming after. You can't go out and, and hire an attorney, perhaps. Or you can't hire one of these specialty firms that you hear play uh, here on the radio station. And we can, you know, Optimum Tax Relief comes to mind. Uh, and they do a great job. But they're going to want to be paid. Do you have the money to pay them? Or is it even worth for you to pay them? 
maybe it's only going to cost you a couple thousand dollars in extra taxes. Is that worth spending X dollars more over that? They kind of get $2,000 back on just on principle? Probably not. And that's what the IRS is, de- is uh, depending on. So they can come after the people who make less than uh, $400,000, immensely less than $400,000, and get the uh, low-hanging fruit and go in to add that money into this big slush fund that they're talking about of this $20 billion in new revenue that they want to put up uh, for uh, the country. That's what they're do- that's what they're going to do. I'm just I'm just warning you. I'm just warning you. Uh, get ready next year. You're going to pay more. They'll figure it out. They'll come and get you, and they'll get the, they'll get the money. All right. Final uh, statement uh, for me for this uh, half hour. When we come back, I want to talk about President Trump's uh, popularity among Republicans now is spiking because of what happened down in Florida. We'll talk about that when we return. Let me tell you about PI Roofing. PI Roofing is the best roofing company, I believe, here in central Arkansas, probably in the whole state of Arkansas. They go all over the state to take care of roofs and businesses and all the rest. And the reason that they're the best is because they pay attention to the details. They get things fixed They uh, try to make it as easy as they can on you by letting their people work with your uh, insurance agency. And they get out there with the people that come in from your insurance, uh, the adjusters from your insurance company, and take them up on the roof and show them uh, the problems that you got. They take pictures, so they have things on record for you. And uh, then they work the best deal that they can work for you so that you put on a roof and it can be the last roof you put on your home uh, now for all the time, the rest of the time that you own your house. That's what uh, PI Roofing's all about. And they take good care of you. They've taken good care of me over the 20 plus years that they've worked on my roof. Nobody else has worked on my roof but PI Roofing. Joel and Veronica Johnson are good people. They are Christian people. I know that for a fact. I know them for a fact. Uh, they're personal friends, and they can uh, do the job for you. We'll get uh, Joel on in the near future again and uh, talk about the differences about getting uh, on your on getting another roof and uh, what you should be looking for and what you should be, you know, very very uh, cognizant of that could be a problem like somebody coming in from out of state and then leaving before the job is done. SPI Roofing, you get a hold of them same way I do five zero one seven zero seven thirty five fifty one. 501-707-3551 or visit them online. You can do it all over online if you want to by just going to piroofing.com. All right, since uh, the uh, raid that happened on the president's home in uh, South Florida uh, last week, uh, new poll results show that it's helping uh, former President Trump. Uh, from a morning consult uh, political survey, the raid further energized Trump's supporters, expanding the former president's lead over Governor Ron DeSantis by 10 points 
with an overall lead of 40 points now. If the primary election were to take place today, all right, if they did it today, that's the way things would break out or close to it. Uh, From Morning Consult, here's what they had to say. Trump's improvement has come to the detriment of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, whose 2024 support has slumped five percentage points since uh, late July to uh, 16%. Similarly, a record high 71% now, 71%, that's huge, of GOP voters say that Trump should run for president in 2024. They're not saying that he should get the nomination. They're saying that he should run for president in 2024. And as well, what he's been doing during this primary season and the people that he's backing and uh, being 92% on the mark with the people who are winning, just adding his name to a, a person who's running on the ticket uh, and then them getting uh, the win uh, when the vote comes in. It goes a long way showing that Republicans are coalescing already around, it looks like, a candidacy from Trump. We'll have to see if he goes for it or he doesn't. Ukraine, interesting story out of Ukraine. I hadn't been talking about them much here recently. I still have my flag up behind me. You can see it if you go to Facebook. Uh, and I and I want them to win this uh, this this fight going on with Russia. I don't know how long we can you know, be the proxy for them, giving them the money, or them being the proxy for us and us giving them money, because we're giving them billions of dollars. And it sounds like it's like every three weeks we turn around and we hear another 20 or $60 billion uh, being sent to uh, the Ukraine. But Ukrainian special forces uh, had a... Uh, Raid inside the Russian-occupied Crimean Peninsula for the second time in less than a week yesterday. They blew up an ammunition depot and also possibly an Air Force base. That according to the Russian media and Ukraine government officials. Wall Street Journal reporting that Russian officials also blame sabotage for the explosion at the ammunition dump at a disused farm near the village of uh, Mosk, which left two people with minor injuries, authorities on the peninsula, which Russia's military seized in 2014, evacuated more than 3,000 people from a three-mile zone around the depot and stopped trains on the nearby uh, train tracks, which sweeps up from the eastern edge of the peninsula to the Ukrainian mainland, and that's slowing down uh, the Russians and their uh, bid to take over the Ukraine. So uh, that's good news for Ukrainians, good news for us, good news for NATO. And uh, I got to tell you that Putin bought off, uh, bid off more than he really wants to take on, I think. But he's in it now and he's stuck in it. And uh, it's going to be a, a tough time for him the rest of the way. I mean, we're all going to just kind of keep our eyes open. He might. Uh, pull back and say, okay, we'll take eastern Ukraine and uh, be happy with it and take the ports as well. But with this pushback that's going on with the Ukraine uh, military, 
they're making it very difficult for Putin's army uh, to be able to hold what they are winning. And uh, if you can't hold what you're winning, it just means uh, that the people who are dying continue to die. Uh, you win a little bit, then you lose what you won, and then you got to start all over again. Not a good way that you want to run uh, anything like uh, this this stuff that they're doing over in Ukraine right now. I don't know what Putin's end goal is other than to take the Ukraine. That's the end goal, the major end goal. Can he do it? Right now, it looks like it's going to be very, very tough. You know, we uh, we keep eye, our eyes out on uh, things like what uh, what are countries doing uh, concerning you know things like uh, diversity and stuff. And diversity is a good thing. Look, Eisenhower uh, tried to you know. Um, break segregation in the U.S. military right after World War II, but he was thwarted by uh, the Democrats in the Senate. It was the Democrats, all right? Keep that in mind. It was the Democrats with uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, who let a lot of you think is is uh, the, the big honcho for civil rights. Get in and read your history. Not true. Definitely not true. Republicans put all that through, got behind it, and got it done. Well, over in Britain, let me tell you what they're doing over there. Uh, They don't care about your ability to do the job in the military there, just as long as you look a certain way. According to the Daily Mail, job offers to white male recruits of the RAF have effectively been paused to meet diversity targets. Uh, Defense sources are are claiming this. Uh, Women and ethnic minorities are reportedly being favored in recruitment drives to meet impossible targets, which has prompted the head of recruitment at the RAF to resign in protest. The officer, a female herself, left the post amid concerns that hiring restrictions uh, could undermine the strength of the service, that according to sources as well. Sky News reporting that defense sources accused Air Chief Marshal Sir Mike Wigson, the head of the RAF, of appearing willing to compromise UK security at a time of growing threats from Russia and China in pursuit of all but important goals, such as improving diversity and inclusion. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. And I said, here's what people that serve in the military know. And I, I, I should only have to say this once, but I, I've said it many, many times. When you're in a foxhole, you're, you know, sending off sorties, uh, uh, bombers and things of that nature. You could care less about what color the person's skin is that's next to you uh, working on those particular uh, things. You know, we all knew in the military that you all may be different colors. Uh, You all may be different creeds and different things. But you all did one thing exactly the same, and that was that you bled red. Your blood was as red as anybody else's, and that is a great equalizer. 
And when you start zipping up people in body bags, it don't matter what color you are. That's one of your brothers or sisters that you've been fighting with against an enemy that you're trying to defeat. And these types of decisions made by higher-ups, number one, the higher-ups that are in charge of large contingents of men and women should be ashamed of themselves if they're doing this. They're putting those people in, in the way of harm that they shouldn't be. The person who should be taking any job to be done in the military should be the best person that can do the job. Of course, you have rank and you have other things that you got to consider, but rank usually goes with the people who are going to be able to do the job as well because they've been in longer, they have more training, they should know what to do. They should never look at a person who's coming up for a job and say, oh, well, that's a woman. We're not going to put her in that position. We only want a guy in that position, or we only want a, uh, a black guy, or we only want a Hispanic guy. No. Let's put the person in there that can get help get the mission done, get the enemy defeated, and we can get out of the situation that we're in. Just keep that in mind. People who serve in the military, they all know this. Again, you may look different. You might be different. But you all bleed red if you get shot. That's the way it works. All right, break. When we come back, Congressman French Hill is going to join us here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. I want to talk to him about Liz Cheney and a lot of other things. We'll talk to him about what's going on with uh, former President Trump and his success in the primary season. That's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Second hour of a Wednesday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show, and we go to Washington, D.C. to join up with, uh, of course, our Congressman French Hill. And Congressman Hill, i got to ask you right off the bat, last na- night, uh, Cheney got beat in Wyoming. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about this, because I just don't understand why she did what she did. You know, I, I don't – maybe you do. I mean, you guys talk about this, I'm sure, in the halls of the House and discuss this stuff. Uh, but my question is, okay, I understand she wanted to be part of this uh, group, this J6 group. 
But why isn't she asking any of the questions that I know are on your mind and are on a lot of other elected officials from the Republicans' mind and Republicans that are out here in the in the heartland of America, like why Pelosi didn't do her job and things of that nature? Why isn't she bringing any of that kind of stuff up? It looks like she's on a one, just kind of one-lane mission going one way to do as much damage to Donald Trump as she can. Well, good morning, Dave. Good to be with you. Yeah, I think she is. I think the people of Wyoming spoke last night. They want different representation in Congress. It was a loud, clear, and resounding uh, message. But on the subject of the uh, commission, this is why I supported a bipartisan uh, commission with equal Republicans, equal Democrats, equal subpoena power, equal rules, Because I knew that if it was anything else, you would get the witch hunt that Washington is so famous for. And it's why I voted against the Pelosi committee, which uh, uh, Cheney is on. And why are those questions not being asked? I'll tell you the simple reason is because they're prohibited from being asked by this committee. All right. Speaker's office, speaker's records, speaker's telephone logs are not subject to this committee's review. And that's what makes it a ridiculous, unbalanced uh, approach and why I opposed it and why I thought we should get to the bottom of exactly why the Capitol had inadequate uh, policing, inadequate backup plans, despite the intelligence to the otherwise. Yeah, I mean, so that goes a long way in proving what my initial point was, is that this is a one-way uh, street uh, for Cheney. Yeah. You know, it's just to get back at the president. It is. And uh, you just, that's the charter of this committee. That's what Adam Kinsinger and Liz Cheney both wanted to do. That's why they went forward onto the committee as Pelosi appointees. Uh, and it is what it is. And what we're what the American people are not seeing is uh, I hate to use the cliche, but they're not seeing a fair and balanced investigation by this committee as to what happened on January 6th and how we can make sure it never happens again. Uh, and in fact, the Senate did a study that was bipartisan just the month after January 6th made 30 security recommendations to the sergeant at arms in the Senate of the House, and not a one of those has been implemented. Amazing. Amazing. Um, it is amazing. This is just all theater, and you're, it is, it's not theater of the absurd, but it's close, uh, and it is, as you describe it, just a one uh, train, one ticket show, which is uh, just totally focused on uh, President Trump. Isn't it amazing that Cheney actually said that she was thinking about running for president? Well, she, uh, I listened to part, I came in uh, last night right in the middle of her concession speech, if that's what that was. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she believes so strongly that uh, the country's on the wrong track. And the problem is that when you have that view and you don't fix things on the inside, you don't fix things in a balanced way, you don't get the support from the people. You know, the people run the country, obviously, and, and, uh, and uh, that's the nature of the American system, and that's why she got 30% of the vote and her opponent got uh, 60s last night. The people have decided they want to go in a different direction, 
And to be a Republican nominee for president, you've got to create a platform, a program, a consensus uh, that gets a majority of Republican voters excited about your prospects. Yeah. Now, I just... I just don't understand her. I don't. I, I used to think that she was a, a good Republican, that uh, the things that she believed in were a lot of the things that I believed in. But I look at what she believes in now, and it's nowhere near. It's not even in the ballpark with me anymore. Well, I think, uh, you know, I think your instinct, uh, I think uh, she is someone who has strong conservative roots with a long-standing conservative voting record. She voted with President Trump 93.6% of the time or whatever the statistic is. But she's just uh, gone uh, totally uh, in a single-minded campaign uh, on this direction, period, full stop. Uh, and so that's what is, I think, a mistake for her. Uh, and I think it also gives credibility, honestly, to the January 6th type investigation, which I don't think deserves that credibility. By the way, that, uh, that uh, concession speech, you know who produced that for? I heard uh, it was the same ABC genius that did January 6th. That's exactly that's right. That's that who did oh it. Yeah, they they set it up for and everything up there in Jackson Hole. I mean, that's what what they did. You know, the the big shot in the back, the expansive landscape and all that. That was all done uh, by the same person. And, you know, I don't think that Liz Cheney has a chance of being uh, elected dog catcher, much less president of the United States as a Republican. It ain't going to happen. No. It's just not going to happen. So let's talk about where we're at with uh, the former president. The former president, I was just uh, talking about this today, uh, that uh, he has uh, picked up a lot more support from Republicans. Uh, the popularity of the president now is uh, about 71% of GOP voters say that Trump should run for president in 2024. Since uh, the mid-July polling uh, by uh, the Morning Consult, uh, they've said that DeSantis uh, has fallen to 16 percent and the president has moved up an additional uh, 10 points. So uh, it seems to me that the president, the, the president is making the Democrats fall right into his trap. Well, they are the trap setters and the trap. <laughs> yeah, they think they're setting a trap. Well, they set the trap and they trip it themselves and fall into it every yeah. single time. I mean, this is uh, like Wiley Coyote uh, with an Acme <laughs> Democratic trap machine. I mean, it's just it's just comical because the Roadrunner beats him every time. Uh, here's what I think about Mar-a-Lago. Look, over my 40-year business career, I've had a lot of people have their, in my life, that I know through business, uh, through being a banker or whatever, who've suffered the indignity of being raided at the request of a U.S. attorney by the ATF or the FBI or whoever. And many of those people were innocent. But it's a brutal uh, decision by a U.S. attorney to do that that is frequently unnecessary. Uh, in the case of any case. And here again, I think where you've got legal representatives for President Trump visiting with uh, the uh, Justice Department people, you do not turn around and uh, just raid a former president's house on something that's already subject to a discussion between the two parties. I and mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, first and time it's why, ever happened. 
that they yeah, went in I mean, after a president. And, and the reason for me bringing up other Americans is this happens all the time. I mean, to think that, oh, this could happen to Americans. No, it happens every week in America on white-collar disputes over uh, just ministerial paperwork errors. You can be have your house and business raided and have all your files, all your computers taken. It's not that unusual if a U.S. attorney and a judge agree to do it. So the question here is, this is so unusual, so unprecedented, it then deserves very unusual and unprecedented communication by the Department of Justice and the U.S. attorney. And that's why I think the... The best news I got this week was that there's going to be a hearing, you know, to unseal this affidavit, which the DOJ could do. I mean, they can redact anything that's classified in the in the affidavit. Yeah, that's so supposed to happen met. tomorrow, from what I understand. Yeah, so this is exactly what should happen. Uh, and I hope there will be lessons drawn here. And I hope the FBI continues to understand how their reputation is reaching almost to the uh, 1970s level uh, when it when the CIA and the FBI both went through just a chaotic collapse of credibility with the American people and both had to go through a major congressional oversight process and rebooting uh, to try to, to to get them back focused on their missions back off wrong missions and make sure they had the right civilian uh, you know leadership on behalf of the American people um, that was a brutal period yeah it sure uh, was over post post J. Edgar Hoover's malfeasance and post the CIA's malfeasance in the 60s uh, both uh, went through a you know major oversight the CIA issue was of course the church commission and the and uh, FBI was caught up in all that it was something that i mean I, this is what this agency needs to be thinking about after russia gate and the embarrassing role of james comer and what he did both in the clinton and trump campaigns in 16 i mean it's just it's it's really hurting the reputation of these outstanding well-educated men and women who work there every day all right so uh, let's talk about uh, the uh Inflation Reduction Act that was signed into law yesterday. When we come back, I got to get a, fr- a quick break in, and then uh, let's talk about that. And let's talk about the president. I think misled the American people again. I, he did this a week ago when he said zero percent inflation. Now he's doing it again by saying no one under four hundred thousand dollars is going to have to pay more taxes, but. Might you be audited? We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Our guest, Congressman French Hill, and we'll discuss this with him when we we return here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Don't forget about uh, Pat Davis. He was on uh, Monday. Had him on, talked to him about how he's different from everybody else, how he goes about selling uh, uh, you know, health insurance, how he can save you 30 to 50 percent, how he can get you out of paying co-pays, knock down those uh, deductibles that you might have. And, uh, you know, that he can do that with any provider in the nation. You need to talk to him. That's all you got to do. Talk to him. Let him tell you why he's different and why it has saved you money. Call Pat Davis today, 501-605-6935. That's uh, 501-605-6935. Or visit him online. He's at yourhealthplanman.com. 
Back with you with our uh, congressman from District 2, that's French Hill. French, yesterday the president jumped on a plane, flew in from Delaware to Washington, D.C., sat down and signed the, uh, uh, what is it, Inflation Reduction Act, and then uh, he got done, shook a few hands, ran out of the dining room where they were at, and ran over to uh, grab another plane ride right by, back to Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, didn't want to stay in D.C. any longer than he had to. Here's the thing I want to bring up, though, and talk to you about. The president, after he signed the bill, you know, he, he made his statements. And one of his statements was, no one who makes under $400,000 is going to pay an extra dollar in taxes. Now, that was his statement. However, you had to listen to what was in the bill. And because they're adding all these additional IRS agents, uh, they're and, and they're saying with those additional IRS agents, they're going to be able to uh, pick up another $20 billion in new revenue by auditing people that make under $400,000 a year. In other words, the IRS is going to be a hit squad for people who don't make a lot of money. Yeah, uh, two two ways this bill raises money on people and families making under $400,000 a year. First is exactly that. They are adding $80 billion to the IRS budget. That's six times the current annual budget of the IRS. $45 billion of the 80, so more than half, is going into enforcement. It's not going for New computer systems, which is one of the things they're going to do with the money, which they need. Their computer system was put in, I think, when Nixon was president. So they need a new computer system. But this enforcement is going to fall on uh, low, moderate income Americans. Uh, That is the bottom line. In fact, the uh, Joint uh, Committee on Tax also, when they studied the bill, said that because of the tax increases, There's a tax increase on pass-through entities, and 5 million American small businesses are set up as an LLC or an LP. They say that uh, uh, about 16 billion in new taxes will come from people making under 200,000 because that's how their uh, business is organized. So you have this enforcement issue uh, where they think that 700,000 people uh, making $75,000 or less could be targeted by that enforcement. And we can talk more about that. Mm-hmm. And then the second reason is they're raising tax rates on American businesses in this bill, and they think about $17 billion of that will fall on people making under 200000 So what the president's saying is just it's just not true. I mean, he's just not being briefed on what is in the bill that his people lobbied for, which is I call the Inflation Production Act, not the Inflation Reduction. Well, you got him doing that. And, and like I said, just a week ago, he said, wow, look at that. We didn't have any inflation in July. I mean, come on. that That's a, you know, you can't say, but that's just a that's just a lie. He knows better than that. Yeah, and he does. That's not even how you think about inflation. Uh, he's just referring to the fact that gas fell off in uh, July due to demand falling off. Because when people start paying five dollars, guess what they don't do? They don't drive. Yeah, 
And if you don't drive, that means demand falls off. And so the price slipped over the month of, of July, and we've had some increased production. But gas is still 44% higher than last July, 44% higher. And we have higher production uh, inflation, uh, 9%. Consumer inflation is still running 8.5%. And that means our wages are shrinking. Our real weight wages are falling because mm-hmm. of inflation. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that they, they just keep talking as though things are hunky-dory, and there's nothing hunky-dory about what's going on with our economy right now, Congressman. And, and then Manchin yesterday finally admitted this is not going to do anything to really cut back on inflation. Finally. No, it's a, yeah, it's just a completely fake name. It's just a disingenuous BS name that is insulting to the intelligence of the American people. This is about the Green New Deal and raising taxes on American business to pay for it Period. Period. This is the Green New Deal that was in Bill Back Broke that we've talked about for one year, and they raised taxes on middle-income business entrepreneurs and manufacturing companies uh, to pay for it. That's the bottom line. And so it's going to benefit people interested in climate subsidies. And it's going to misallocate resources. And I know Manchin says it's going to help the uh, all of the above energy strategy, uh, but it's it's you know pretty modest compared to what it's going to do in tax raising and uh, skewing resources towards rich people buying electric vehicles. Well, I think he's back up for re-election in 2024. I think he's going to have a rough time of it in West Virginia. Don't you? I do. And look, he was at 65% approval rating by saying no on more federal spending, more regulation, and being for and all of the above energy strategy. And I think he's damaged his brand with being the key vote to bring this to the floor, particularly with a ridiculous, disingenuous name that's going to unleash a locust of IRS agents and raise taxes on struggling American businesses as we go into a recession. You try to square that circle, it ain't possible. Yeah, and we're starting to get more uh, information coming out now about businesses uh, letting people go and things of that nature, and that is a perfect formula to, to show us that a recession is either here or we're into it. Well, I think the waves are building, uh, and you're going to see that over the next few months, because uh, we do have a very, have had, <clears throat> under President Trump's uh, leadership and the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, we had the lowest unemployment in American history <clears throat> and the best economy as we went into the pandemic. And what Joe Biden has done is he's been able to recover the jobs from the pandemic. So we're back to where we were in February 2020. And now I'm concerned that the economy could go into recession. And it will be in no small part due to Biden's policies. Well, they've only spent $3.8 trillion so far. Let's see if they can push that at all. Congressman, thanks so much for your time today. We'll talk to you later. Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have him on. Uh, We'll be back uh, with him again next Wednesday. Uh, Coming up in the next uh, half hour, we'll talk about some of the things that are hot out there you need to know about because Congressman Westerman is traveling today. He can't join us with his normal Wednesday uh, visit with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
Sure. All right, back with you, and my thanks to Congressman French Hill for joining us today. Sent some uh, interesting statements about Liz Cheney and uh, the uh, Affordable uh, Care Affordable Care Act. Yeah, that was a bad piece of legislation too. But the the uh, the uh, reduction uh, going on about uh, you know prices and things of that nature that. Uh, the president signed uh, yesterday the Inflation Reduction Act, which is just exactly opposite of what it really is. Another uh, article today, I wanted to, to spend some time on this because um, it, it deals with our uh, junior senator, Tom Cotton. Uh, Fox uh, News doing a large story about uh, the senator uh, today on foxnews.com. And uh, let me just read a little bit of this and, and picking up on it. He says that uh, that uh, the uh, the senator is racking up miles this year as he crisscrosses the country, helping fellow Republicans running in November's elections. What he's doing is he's going to these different races, and uh, he's a big draw. People want to hear what the man has to say. Uh, he's uh, he's which tells us he's got name recognition amongst uh, Republicans. I don't know about uh, Democrats, but against amongst Republicans he does. When he shows up to these uh, you know, dinners and things of that nature, people come in, they want to hear him speak, and then they're donating to their, uh, their candidates. Uh, Tuesday, find uh, find the uh, true-term senator from Arkansas, an Army veteran who served in combat in the Iraqi and Afghani wars in the key battleground state of New Hampshire, headlining the fundraiser for the state GOP. Saying uh, the uh, uh, senator saying New Hampshire is ground zero this year, as is often the case. We've got a chance to win not just a Senate seat, uh, but two House seats as well both of which will help us take control of the House and the Senate. He emphasized all of this in an interview with Fox News. The senator also headlined a fundraiser in Manchester for Hillsborough County Sheriff Chris Connolly, as well as a reception for the Salem GOP during his packed one-day swing through the Granite State. Cotton, who was in New Hampshire four weeks ahead of the state's GOP Senate and House primaries, said he was on a mission to, quote, help put the party in a little bit stronger position. I look forward to coming back in a month or so once we have our nominees and campaigning for those nominees in the general election. This election is really crucial so we can put the brakes on the Biden agenda. So we stop spending these trillions of dollars that is putting so much strain on families' budgets due to the inflation that it causes. So we can start conducting some of the investigations that need to be held in places like the Department of Justice or the FBI or other runaway agencies, Cotton argued. Uh, looking here at uh, further in the story, uh, he went on. After listing off a bunch of states he recently visited, Cotton noted that I'll be going to other states where we have new nominees campaigning for them so I can make sure that we win back the House and the Senate. Cotton, who's viewed as a potential contender 
for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination, has made multiple stops over the uh, past year and a half in New Hampshire, as well as Iowa. Those are the two states, uh, as you know, that for a half century have kicked off the presidential nominating calendar. Cotton publicly, you know, kind of talked softly when asked about 2024. He went on to say, well, I had a drill sergeant used to tell us during basic rifle markmanship, privates, you've got to hit the 25-meter target first. You get uh, then you got to hit the 300 meter target later, but the 25 meter target it's what's right there in front of you, and I would liken this election to that 25 meter target," said Cotton. Once you've done with a 25 meter target and we're past this election, then I'll start thinking about the next election. The senator met in June with top donors and advisors at the Hay Adams Hotel in downtown D.C. (coughs) Sources who were attending that meeting confirmed to Fox News that Cotton said he wouldn't defer to any other potential candidate, including former President Donald Trump, when it comes to his own decision about launching a national campaign. And Cotton said that decision on whether to run for president would come after November's midterm elections. Trump, uh, now for a year and a half, repeatedly flirted with making another White House run and in recent weeks has hinted a handful of times that announcement would come soon. Asked about his own decision-making process, Cotton told Fox News, it will be a decision that I uh, made in consultation with Anna, my wife, about where we think we are in my service to the nation and the way I can best serve and also what's best for our family. So that was the story today in uh, uh, Fox News. So we got uh, two people, it looks like to me, that are contemplating, measuring, weighing what they're going to do uh, when it comes to the presidential campaign. And now we know that uh, Senator Cotton is thinking, I think, seriously about it. He's got to make the decisions. And the first thing he's got to do, and I agree with him, is talk to his wife and get her buy-in on it. Uh, One thing you don't want to do is run into a campaign and your wife is not in on it. In other words, not wanting to do it because you need the support of your family uh, when you go into a uh, a can you know a campaign like that especially something that big now the other person i think we all know the name i'm going to bring up is governor asa hutchinson i believe that uh, that is what this special session uh was called for uh i'm not saying that there weren't some things that needed to be addressed but i think they could have waited until january but uh, the governor uh decided to do it uh, now and I do believe that's to get him some more uh, street cred, so to speak, when he uh, he really uh, you know decides and makes his announcement that he is going to run uh, for the presidency uh, and the nom- a nomination of the Republican Party. So anyway, that's uh, where we're at as far as as that's concerned. So uh, kind of interesting about what they're doing. So when we get back, because we got to get a break in. Let's talk about that Biden and the congressional Democrats have already spent just about $3.8 trillion on their agenda since Inauguration Day. 
How is that affecting you as just uh, a normal, everyday American? We'll talk about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I want to talk to you right now about David Lucas and what he can do for you as far as silver and gold. Uh, uh, Financial experts will tell you that you should have about 15% in uh, precious metals in your nest egg uh, with the inflation that's going on and to counteract it. So, you know, do you get it in in certificates or do you get it in cougarons or, you know, some other kind of coin that's out there, uh, which is one ounce, you know, troy ounce of silver, one ounce of gold, and put it into your your safe and keep it at your home. Uh, Those are things you got to make your mind up about. You need all the information you can get to make good ones, to make good decisions. And David Lucas Financial can help you do that. You need to call them at uh, 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. He works with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country. And you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. Now, to learn more you got to call David Lucas. They're the ones that have to talk to you. I don't know squat compared about silver and gold like uh, David Lucas and his people. So give them a call, 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, which is an Arkansas registered investment advisor. Let's finish it up for uh, today. A lot of news going on, you know, dealing with the uh, getting rid of inflation bill that they passed or, and then got signed yesterday. The, you know, uh, uh, the whole deal dealing with uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is not going to reduce inflation. Even they are now uh, admitting it. Manchin admitted it just yesterday. So it's going to be interesting to see how. All of this is going to uh, to work out. It really is. It's it's really important to see how it will work out. I don't think it's going to work out very much at all. I want you to know how this is going to put the squeeze on you. We've we've kind of mentioned it throughout this morning. Uh, first of all, you you've got they've spent since inauguration day the Democrats three point eight trillion dollars now. When they passed that $1.8 trillion bill back last year, that's what initiated and lit the, the, the rocket for inflation. And we haven't seen it slow down really yet. And uh, we'll be getting new numbers on that middle of next month. But uh, here's some of the other things that it has done. With this new piece of legislation that the president signed into law, Uh, Yesterday, the Inflation Reduction Act, they are spending a trillion, you know, almost a trillion dollars uh, that just are amazing. Seven hundred and forty billion towards the Eternal Revenue Service funding. They're going to double the size of the uh, of the IRS, the uh, congressman from District Two, French Hill, said. One of the things they're going to buy is a new computer system that they do need. They haven't had a new one since, um, you know, Nixon's time. So they need a new one of those, but that's about it. They don't need another, you know, 87,000 or whatever the exact number is of IRS agents. Uh, 
they have been misleading you and the president is doing it and knowing that he's doing it uh, when he he tells you that uh, if you make under four hundred thousand dollars a year, you're not going to pay a single dollar dollar more in taxes. They're not going to increase your taxes. Oh, no, they're not going to do that. They're going to do something even more insidious. Uh, They're going to bring on all of these new IRS agents and uh, they're going to do a bunch of uh, audits and uh, they even admit that uh, these audits are going to bring in another $20 billion in revenue. Now, the only way you do that is by auditing people into oblivion, basically, turning around and auditing uh, people that, and they've done studies on this, uh, who make uh, just a little bit over uh, $25,000. Uh, going after small businesses so that they can get money and squeeze money out of them as well. Because they're going to go for the low-hanging fruit. We talked about this in the first hour. They're not going to go for those things that it's going to cost them a lot of money to go out and uh, find the problem and then solve it by getting you to write a check back to them. What they're going to do is go for, you know, things that they know – with people who don't have a lot of money, who can't go out and hire lawyers, who can't go get an accountant and uh, help them do their taxes so they don't make any mistakes uh, so that uh, they can uh, get more money out of the people. I mean, this is what they're looking to do. This is what they're going to try to do. And they will succeed at it. I'll just let you know. They will succeed at it. I don't care if you use TurboTax or, or whatever. Uh, we we had on uh, Mark Pellegrini on Monday. He admitted that he he uh, was told that he had to pay extra money. He got back in touch with people that he used. They went to bat for him, and they were told he was told that uh, he was going to get some of his money back that he had paid additional in. And what happened? Well, you had to call them up and and talk to them uh, before X amount of date. Well, they wouldn't answer the phone. He couldn't talk to them. Neither could the people that were helping him with his taxes. So what happened after that drop-dead date? They just told him to drop dead, and they kept the money. That's exactly what those are the kind of things that you can expect uh, with this particular piece of uh, legislation where they got all these additional people to go out and uh, and do their uh, do what work that they do. And I got another part of this that I want to talk about uh, as well. But first, let me tell you about East End Towing. East End Towing is ready to help you. Uh, they they know everything they need to do to know about if you're caught in a situation out on the highway or in a, a private property area. Uh, they can get your uh, towing done for you and get you to where you need to go. All you need to do is call them. East End Towing, they are a number, 501 888 8849. That's 501-888-8849. Need to give them a call and uh, let them help you out uh, if you need a tow. Because there's a lot of things that can go wrong if you don't follow uh, exactly the way things need to be followed. All right. So let me ask this other question that I'll just kind of let it hang out there. Maybe we'll pick it up uh, tomorrow or, or Friday. What happens if the IRS 
says you owe X amount of dollars, and let's say you haven't paid it in a, a time frame that they want it to be paid. Now, they're going to have a lot of these IRS agents now going to be uh, carrying guns. They've got over a million rounds of ammunition. What happens if they come to your house and they uh, they do a search warrant on your home? Kind of like what happened to President Trump, right? They're going to come in and get a few things from your files or whatever. And while they're in there, they notice, you know, you got this gun and that gun and whatever. Uh what happens if they, you you uh, complain about them coming to your home, and uh, so they they uh, go see a, a judge and and say, hey, this guy was dangerous, and he's got guns. We'd like to uh, to go in and get his guns, please, so that we don't have to worry about that again. And the judge says yes, and they can do that. Could this be a backdoor way of? of uh, gun control for the left? I'm just asking. I'm, I'm just asking. I'm, I'm just something that I think everybody has to talk about and to make sure that they don't uh, get taken to the cleaners uh, by some of these, uh, these federal agencies and don't believe that they won't try to do it because I do believe they will try to do it. So uh, if that happens to you, please call me. Let me know what's going on, all right? All right, so uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, Susie Everett's going to join us. Uh, Yes, the lady from the Everett uh, car dealership down there in the Benton Bryant area. She'll be with us. Uh, She does a lot of work uh, here in the community, and we're going to talk about that with her. And then at uh, 935, uh, we're going to uh, talk about the uh, 1619 Project, which says that, you know, the, the country really was founded on slavery. I don't believe that. Uh, Historians don't believe that. But the New York Times got behind this, and it's being taught in your schools now. And uh, a lot of people on the left do believe that, and we'll talk about it with them and uh, with you as well. And then finally, again, let me remind you about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Uh, They are here to help you. Eric Coleman's been a jeweler for 40 years. He knows everything there is to know, basically, about jewelry. If you need a repair, he can do that. If you need a cleaning, he can do that. Uh, He can design you rings. Uh, He can show you what he has uh, from different designers all across the world. He's got loose stones, so if you need a diamond or you need a ruby or an emerald or a you know, star sapphire or whatever uh, for a ring, he can help you with that. He can help you take uh, estate jewelry, make it into new jewelry for yourself. He's a one-stop great jeweler, and that's Eric Coleman. He's at 3000 Cavanaugh, Su- uh, Suite E, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Give him a call at 501-246-3655. I'll see you again at 9. Let's remember today is uh, the anniversary of the last day of Woodstock from 1969.
Let's move into the uh, final hour of the Dave Ellswick Show for a Wednesday, hump day, middle of the week day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And uh, we got a special guest with us this, uh, this half hour. I'm just telling you, special guest. I've kind of wanted to have her on for a while now. And uh, finally, uh, we, we came uh, uh, to an agreement to get her on to the air today. We were able to get our timing uh, ready to go. And Susie Everett's going to join us today. And she of the Everett Car Dealership down in Benton. And uh, Susie, welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks for giving us the time today. By the way, before we go any further, let me just say this. I love your Christmas spot that you do most every year uh, for the Everett Car Dealership. It's fantastic. Well, good morning, and thank you for that. You know that ever since we started, we've had the same words. Just uh, our family has grown, and the commercial has changed a little bit, but the words have been just the same for the uh, 16 years we've been going. Well, th- th- those, are th- those are the important words that you're saying there. I'm just telling you. You know, you. you know, standing on you know, on biblical truth is important in in the days that we live in now. But well, Susie, I, I want to talk to you about a lot of people don't know all the different things you do in the community, and I've heard about women, uh, you know, needing uh, being equipped to do things uh, in Benton. And let's talk about that. How did that all get started? Well, I would love to talk about it because it's my passion. Well, it got started basically quite a while back, a few years ago. I have a really uh, good friend that lives in Paragol that has, it's called Christian Women's Job Corps, and we just happened to name the ministry in uh, Saline County, Women Equipped, but she was doing this ministry in Paragol, so I knew about it for a while, and I'm so busy, I just, I would refuse to want to hear God say it needs to be in Saline County, but it took a few years. Years and uh, and I it, it hit me and I knew that God was calling me to start the ministry here and I knew that as a follower of Christ if if I want to be in the right spot I need to uh, go where He calls. Yeah, so that that's, that's important. Started. Okay, so yeah. explain what what this particular uh, program does. Well, we are trying to equip women. They're 18 and older. That's the, you know, a woman 18 or older is the only requirement. And we're trying to give them uh, uh, job skills, interview skills, relationship classes. And we're all in a Christian context. And we have Bible study to management classes. There's a 
just equip them to go out in the world, maybe make their life situation a little better, uh, improve their uh, work um, job at work, or uh, be able to get a better job possibly. Okay, so how do you do that? I mean, do you have classes taught by other people to help these ladies uh, uh, get a grasp of what it takes Uh to, to have better jobs? Yes, we do, and we have uh, classes on Tuesdays and Wednesdays for 12 weeks from 8 to 2 p.m., and there's um, ladies, wonderful volunteers, um, retired teachers, and just a mix that um, teach the classes, love the ladies. It's uh, it's a unique experience. It's a special experience that we have with these ladies. Okay, so you, you're meeting every Tuesday and Wednesday. What are some of the classes that you offer? We offer um, a budgeting, and then there is a, two different relationship classes. One is uh, with a book called Boundaries. Uh, another is more of exploring who you are as a person and love languages. We um, The Bible study is, is, is based off of... It takes you Genesis and and through to Christ. Um, it's called Stepping Stones. There is a book called Adulting 101 that we use. We also have added a new class this past semester uh, on goal setting, and that's been uh, really good for people to figure out how to set some goals and then how do we navigate to make uh, to reach our goals. So, so when folks come over and they want to get involved with, uh, you know, women equipped over in Benton, uh, do they come a little bit like, you know, nervous, you know, like what is this all about kind of thing? Or have they heard enough about it within the community that they come in very relaxed? It's, it's um, well, they are a little nervous because we do, you go to our website, womenequippedceline.org, and they uh, fill out a application of just uh, how to reach them then we set up an interview of course every time you say interview people get nervous Uh by the time we finish the interview they have relaxed they understand a little bit more of what's expected and and it just seems that they're really hopeful for what the classes can do for them um, by the end of the interview so so once they've done the interview they feel a lot more you know Relax because they know basically what's going to be taught. They know, you know, what you all are going to expect of them. Things of that nature. Exactly, exactly. And and they and they're hopeful and they're you know they, I, I want the interview because it's a commitment. I tell them it's like a, a job, and we want you know them to treat it like a job and treat the coming and being there and the respect of the teachers and all. That, you know, so to, we want to prepare them to get out in this world and do a good job. Yeah, and and you know, make their life better, make their family's life better. I mean, that's that's uh, that's important. Now, is this basically for I don't know, divorced women, single women, or married women, or just for all women? And and that's yes. And and now we have seen that it's a lot of single women, and it's, it's all ages. We have from twenties to the fifties, or you know, any any age, because you could be all of a sudden find yourself, you know divorced or widowed and you need to, to improve your uh, job skills and and just have the confidence to get out in the working world so it's it's any any lady 18 or older that just wants to improve their life situation and the special thing about 
uh, our classes is the relationships that are formed because you know you could go to another place and, and get some job skill classes and stuff but it's just we love these ladies and uh, and of course the bond uh, we really uh, believe and have a strong faith and we live it and teach it in the classes but th- these relationships I think are really making a difference in, in how these ladies can feel better about themselves and go out and maybe have the confidence to get another job. All right. Well, I need to take a quick break, Susie. Susie Everett is our guest. Uh, of course, she's from the uh, Everett Car Dealership down in Benton. We're talking about a program that she has been instrumental in getting started called Women's, uh, Women Ed, uh, Equipped in Benton. Uh, org is the website for you to find out more about it. We'll come back and finish up our interview in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Back with me here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer, and our special guest here into the bottom of the hour is Susie Everett from over at the uh, Everett Car Dealership in Benton and talking about her program that she helped get started here in the Saline County area in the Benton area called Women Equipped in Benton. Their website, womenequippedsaline.org, uh, and you can find out more about this uh the, you know what they do, how they do it, and how you can get involved in it, because it sounds like to me it can be a real help for people who are trying to help themselves move forward. So, well, Susie, you talked a little bit about what was different about your your program. Uh, what is the biggest difference between this program and and others that are offered a, a, around? I mean, is there any cost or anything like that? Yeah, it's completely free, and again, the um, I think the relationships that are developed, I forgot to mention when I talked earlier that we also, there's volunteers uh, that are, we call them journey partners, but it's kind of like a mentor that comes alongside the student, encourages them, uh, it's a and prays for them, might have go you know, have coffee with them, just to just somebody to be your friend while they're go- and going through these classes and a lot of these relationships are lasting you know, much longer than at, you know, after the when the classes are done. Um, so that to me and, and being uh, faith based faith based in the relationships is a huge difference and one of the things I didn't mention is the com- computer skills classes we are uh, partnering with the uh, high school here in, in Benton and uh, they're going to help us out and there's going to be a lot of one on one application with computer classes too so that, there's just lots of things going on um, I really encourage people if they want to get involved Classes start September 6th, and uh, we have only four slots uh, left. So if they want to get classes, uh, go to the website or call the 501-317-8720. That's uh, a way to get in touch with us, too. so I encourage if they're interested, it's it's time. <laughs> All right, yeah, it sounds like time is is uh, 
running out, so you want to do it right today and make sure you secure one of those last four slots that you have available. So uh, we've talked about what makes this ministry completely different. Uh, Why don't you give us some personal observations you've had, uh, Susie, about uh, how this has helped women uh, maybe get through some some tough times to move forward in their lives and and to get on with living in, in a way that they can enjoy with themselves and with their families? Well, I'm, there's things that come to mind. One of the ones that first comes to my mind is a lady that when we first started the classes and she was getting this information and she said, can I come back next semester? She said, I want to make sure I understand all this because I want to pass it on to my family. Mm. And that's what we're about is uh, breaking that cycle, you know, and they can pass on uh about good relationships and what they're learning. And this lady also accepted Christ during oh, fantastic. the semester. So to me, that, that's a huge thing that, you know, will make a difference in her life. And we have a Bible study teacher. Um, she, uh, she checks on our girls all the time, loves them, prays for them, and um I can tell that it's made a difference. They know that they have somebody in their corner, and not just her, you know, the the rest of us, too. Um, we get texts, and, you know, they want, they want us praying for, for them, and uh, they see a hope uh, that they hadn't had before. One lady said, we do uh, videos when they graduate. We have a beautiful graduation ceremony for them. And she said, I've never completed anything and this is one of the first things i've ever completed fantastic building some confidence yeah that that probably is the best story other than finding salvation which has an eternal reward involved with it but it sounds like you all are doing this the right way uh the thing that i did not ask is i know you're meeting on tuesdays and wednesdays where are you located where are you meeting for these classes it's 212 West South Street in Benton. It's just right in downtown Benton. Okay, easy enough to get to. Would you give the yeah. phone number again, 501, I think I, I heard 317-8720. Is that right? That's exactly right. Oh, I got it right. Okay, and then uh, yeah. Women Equips, uh, uh, Celine is your uh, website, .org. And I just want to thank you for doing what you're doing. I have I have some other, you know, organizations that come on, and, and they're trying to do the same thing. And what I like about this is that you offer, you know, the old saying that we have, offering a hand up instead of a hand out. And it just works yeah. better that way. And that's our thing. That's what we say all the time. Sometimes that's hard because, you know, uh, it's hard to you just want to get, give it to them and fix it for them. But you've got to help them help themselves. Absolutely. Um, and I encourage you. We have a Facebook page, just Women Equip Celine, and it has testimonials on it. It's it's really inspiring of what the changes in these ladies lives. All right, so if you're holding on to, you know, what you think is your last uh, string or you're standing on your last nerve, it sounds like uh, Susie Everett's program is for you. They can help you out. Women Equipped in Benton, that's the name of the program. Again, the website, womenequippedceline.org, or call them, uh, 501-317-8720. Don't wait long. They're filling up fast for the start in September on the 6th, and you'll want to be part 
part of it. Susie Everett, thanks so much for what you're doing for your community. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, and I just give the glory to the Lord. He did it all. All right. Thank you so much, Susie Everett, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, I've been wanting to have her on for quite some time, and it's uh, she's doing some really good work uh, within her uh, her community. I know she's calling Steve here in just a moment. She's going to be talking to Steve over at uh, uh, The Fish, so... You might catch her over there as well if there's anything else that you needed to know. Let me give you the contact information again. It's called Women Equipped in Benton. The phone number is 501-317-8720 and uh, womenequippedceline.org is their uh, website and remember they only had four slots open uh, and they're going to get started around September 6th. So call now. You know, right now, as soon as you, you can, just call and get yourself set up for this. Sounds like a great, great opportunity. Don't let opportunities pass you by. And all you got to do with an opportunity is walk through the door. You understand that, right? You just walk through the door. All right, coming up in the uh, next half hour, uh, let me bring you up to date on what's going to happen there. I had an author on last year, got a, a huge response. Uh, from her being on the Dave Ellswick show. Mary Graber was uh, part of the show, and and she put together a book. She wrote a book called Debunking the 1619 Project, Exposing the Plan to Divide America. And uh, if you hadn't uh, heard it before uh, or heard her before, you're going to want to hear her coming up here at uh, 930 because it's really important that you hear what uh, she's doing and why she's trying to do it. Uh, the 1619 Project is a lie. And it, uh, you know, as we talk on Tuesdays when we get the Bible guys on, we say this is, this is the kind of program that is perpetrated in hell itself, that uh, they, they just tell terrible lies, they mislead people about things, they, they, they say things that make people uh, hate their country and things of that nature. So we're going we're gonna to go back. This, they're getting ready to release this book again. I had her on when the, the first uh, book, a hard copy, was released. They're getting ready to release the, uh, uh, the paperback now, and it's going to have uh, uh, a 12,000-word appendix that's been added to it so that there's even more information about what's been uh, said. I mean, a lot of this stuff is just, you know, uh, false, just totally false and recasting American history uh, as a nation. And they're they're saying that it was founded as a slaveocracy. That is not true. That is absolutely not true. And then the thing that really is not true is that they say— that the U.S. is remaining a slaveocracy even to this day. So Mary Graber will join us. She'll attack the gapping omissions that they they uh, they don't talk about the falsehoods, the misrepresentations. That's all coming up. If you want to know a lot of things about uh, the history of this country, uh, you're going to get the opportunity uh, in the next uh, hour. Uh, the next half hour to to hear about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I really appreciate Mary and what she's done. I'm a big fan of hers. I read the book. The book was excellent. So uh, there's some other stuff that's coming out. There's a children's picture book 
called Born on the Water for kindergarten to eighth grade. It uses project creator uh, Nicole Hannah Jones's experiences as as a as a as a child. So uh, you know you got this book out there now going to attack uh, you know kindergartners to eighth grade. Uh, propagandizes for the radical Black Lives Matter group. Repeats the falsehoods about people in Africa being kidnapped by white people for enslavement. And then one of the big 1619 Project lies thoroughly being refuted by Graybar in uh, debunking the 1619 Project. If you're a homeschool teacher, you'll definitely want to hear this half hour uh, coming up, and you're definitely going to want to have a copy of this book when you teach history. Because this is the kind of stuff that's starting to show up all through our schools, CRT, uh, 1690 Project, and other things, and it, it's just a lot of falsehoods, a lot of stuff that is not true. Uh, just know that uh, coming up here in about 45 seconds, we're going to talk to Mary. I'm looking forward to it. And i and I got to give her credit. I had to move her around three different times. Because I had other people that wanted to come on. Susie was one of them. I wanted to get her on. So uh, yeah, I, that was the last one that I made to move on. I said, hey, looks, uh, I've got a, a guest that I really have been working on to come on. And can you, can you move one last time to, uh, you know, 935 our time? And she said, yes. Because, Dave, we got a great response the first time we were on. And now we're out in paperback. More people can buy the book. So we're going we're gonna to talk to her again here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So get ready. We're going to debunk 1619. I got uh, recontacted uh, about bringing on Mary Graybar here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, she wrote a book that came out last year, and we had her on. And it was a resounding success. A lot of people got involved talking about it on my Facebook page. And uh, her book is called Debunking the 1619 uh, Project, Exposing uh, the Plan to Divide America. And and it's a great book. I read it from from cover until the uh, the appendices at the end. And I got to tell you, if you're a homeschooling parent, this is one you got to have uh, in your library because of all the information that is in it, and you'll want to impart it to your uh, your students. The older students can read it for themselves, and you know you can test them on it or whatever. The younger students, and and you can start in the kindergarten uh, range and uh, and teach them history about the greatest nation on earth and how this particular information is. Uh, despond it's false it's not right i mean the way that the uh, the author of 1619 and the new york times who got behind it they want you to think that america is founded on slavery has always been founded on slavery and continues to be founded on slavery and uh, mary's been at war about this and i'm glad that she's out there uh fighting the good fight right now mary graver is with us right now here on the dave ellswick show mary how are you today i'm pretty good how are you i'm doing fantastic yeah you've you've had a lot of i think fantastic wins fighting this project have you slowed it down a little bit has it slowed down being incorporated in school districts or was it being just willy-nilly brought into school districts as quickly now as it was back when this started 
Well, um, as someone who taught uh, college English for 20 years and has attended a lot of teacher conferences, I can tell you they never quit. And I know about half of the states have either introduced or passed laws forbidding the use of the 1619 Project and critical race theory in public classrooms. But I know that these educrats never quit. And um, the Pulitzer Center, which has been pushing out these pre-made lesson plans, uh, has these um, webinars and conferences for teachers. And as I wrote about in a recent article, one teacher from Texas shared tips uh, for how she was going to defy state law and inject the 1619 project into the classroom. So people need to be vigilant. Um, They have all kinds of sneaky ways to get this in. Well, they probably call it something else. I mean, that's what the left always done, has always done. They changed the vernacular, changed the lexicon, and it's like CRT now. CRT is called something totally different in most uh, school systems. Yeah, I think it's called DEI. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, just change the acronym. Yeah, so that you go ahead and teach what you've been teaching, and they say, well, you're teaching CRT. No, I'm not. No, that's not what I'm doing. And and they say it with a straight face. That's the thing. You know, when I read your book, the first thing that set me off was that that whole term that they came up with, slaveocracy. And Mm -hmm. uh, it just makes me burn. It makes me burn up. I mean, they're trying to say since slavery came to America in 1619, which is a falsehood, uh, it, it, it just... You know, they, they just ignore, you know, the history of this country. They Anything doesn't agree with what they want to say, they just ignore it. Yeah, and um, so the, the um, 1619 Project came out in a book form. It's almost 600 pages long, and so I proposed to my publisher, Regnery, that I write an update, an appendix, and it's 12,000 words, and it's in my paperback edition, which will be out next week on um, August 23rd. And what I do there is I expose what is being left out. So this is supposed to be a scholarly edition, and it's intended to make it more palatable or to give it legitimacy uh, for uh, proponents of teaching it. You know, look here, we've got this, you know, big, fat, hardcover book with a thousand footnotes, and um, of course it's scholarly. And I went through it, and I went through all those footnotes and the sources and the historians that are cited, and I found these huge gaps. And that's what they do. That's the strategy. They leave out critical information. And so I break it down in the paperback edition in the appendix. Okay, so do they do? Are they doing what a lot of people do? They'll 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 start quoting from uh, somebody saying something, and then they go dot dot dot, and then they'll start quoting again. <laughs> and you don't know what was included in that dot dot dot. Yeah, well, I uh, Howard Zinn, my first book, was famous for doing that. Uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, the creator of the 1619 Project, writes the preface and two essays, and I effectively go into 
of what she leaves out. Uh, there are huge gaps, and she uh, pretends that she is re- uh, citing well-known and well-respected historians like David Breon Davis and Ira Berlin. Uh, but she goes, you know, as far as the first three or four pages, and then <laughs> doesn't read the rest of it. And I show that really uh, what she says they intended is not the whole story. And as a matter of fact, it's often opposed to what she is claiming, they say. All right. So is this book, the paperback edition with this extra 12,000 words, Is did you write this mainly for educators so that maybe, just maybe, they won't just, you know, swallow something that's been handed to them, you know, fed to them with a spoon and actually do some academic work on their own? Well, I hope that they would do that. Um, I know that a lot of these teachers and professors refuse to look at the evidence and knowingly lie. Um, But I hope uh, what it will serve is as a resource for parents and citizens and political leaders and students to demonstrate that the notion that this is a scholarly work now that Somehow, um, a magazine project has now been legitimized as a scholarly hardcover book is not, in fact, true. And so this is a counter-argument to the argument that is now being made, which is, look, hey, we have all these historians who have contributed and are cited, and we've got all these footnotes, and I'm just saying that those footnotes really mean nothing The historians that are cited positively are far-left historians, agitators like Nicole Hannah-Jones, and the legitimate ones are distorted. Yeah, is Zen their their hero? Is that their hero? Um, There are a lot of similarities with Zen, and so I go into an essay that he wrote, I think it was in 1967, and um, it was in honor of uh, one of the leaders of uh, criti- you know, critical theory um, the, of the Frankfurt School. And Howard Zinn, in that 1967, I believe, essay, laid out what history should be and how it should change. And he said that the purpose of history is to change the present. Um, and t- for the purpose of social justice. They didn't use the exact same words back in the 60s, but that's what it in effect is. So you look at the present day problems and you trace the origins back through history. Um, So if you're a social activist, what you do is you cherry pick through the history, Mm -hmm. which is what Howard Zinn did. And this is exactly what the 1619 Project does. They're explicit about it. Um, as a matter of fact, one of Nicole Hannah-Jones's essays, the last one in the collection, is an argument for reparations. And so she says, well, now that you've read these 500-plus pages, you can see how reparations are, uh, you know, needed and how they are justified by the treatment of white America, of black America. So now give us our money. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really crazy. I mean, for instance, the, here in, 
some information that I have. It says that uh, they teach uh, and they repeat this falsehood about people in Africa being kidnapped by white people for enslavement. Mm -hmm. You've blown that totally out of the water and still people continually ignore it. Oh, absolutely. One of the um, hardcover books is a children's book, and it's intended to be used in grades one through eight. So that tells you about the reading level of eighth graders today. But there are pre-made lesson plans um, that have been written by Learning for Justice, which is the educational arm of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Mm -hmm. And that book with pictures, bold, big, bold pictures says that the white people came to Africa and kidnapped mommies and daddies and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters. I mean, this is, can you imagine being a first grader and having this imposed on you? And, um, you know, as, as, as white people are vilified and um, as this history lesson, which is completely false, is promoted. Of course, the Europeans bought the slaves uh, on the coast from the slave traders. They had been kidnapped by African chiefs, mm -hmm. uh, not by, um, you know, white people coming in. They couldn't do it. They were slaughtered when they tried to do it. Um, the other thing that that picture book promotes is Black Lives Matter, overtly. Mm. All right, we're going to come back, finish up our interview here in just a second. I got to go get a final break in, Mary. Mary Graybar is our guest. She has put together a book that we talked about last year, debunking the 1619 Project, exposing the plan to divide America. She has now brought it out in paperback and included in there. Uh, an app appendix of about 12,000 words to bring you up to date on what continues to be perpetrated uh, by the folks uh, of the 1690 Project. I also want to talk to her about the, the New York Times. They're, they're the paper of record they got behind this. We'll talk about it when we continue on the Dave Ellswick Show. Our uh, interview here with uh, Mary Graybar. And Mary, let me go back and, and say that this all really uh, was a fire was lit under it, the 1690 Project, by the New York Times, if I'm not mistaken. Have they backed off with any of their backing of this project, or do they continue to push forward on it? Oh, they're, they're continuing. Uh, this is a big moneymaker for them. Um, they own the copyright for the book. Um, there are more books in uh, the works, uh, as we're told in the preface. Um, so it's been a huge bestseller. Um, and it was published by the world's largest publisher, multinational publishing company, Penguin Random House. Um, the New York Times has the benefit of having their project, which is now a book, um, and, you know, they're getting royalties from it, being pushed by nonprofits like Meta, Mark Zuckerberg's um, organization, um, by the Pulitzer Center, which is putting on the webinars and the teacher workshops and the pre-made lesson plans. And so here you've got this for-profit company that is being aided by all these nonprofits 
um, and making huge amounts of money. And that was a primary motivation for the 1619 project. Well, whenever you always are told, follow the money, and if there's money to mm-hmm. be made, they'll they'll do it. I mean, uh, figures don't lie, but liars figure. I mean, we we all know that one. And there's lies, damn lies, and just plain out falsehoods that are pushed around all the time. So let, let's just uh, talk where where you're at. You mentioned the Civics Secures Democracy Act. Uh, I hadn't heard of that. And I'll be the first to admit it. What's that all about? Uh, well, if you recall Common Core, which was the new oh, standards yeah. that were put out yeah, by the Obama administration, they applied to language arts or English and math. And they didn't apply to history. Well, this is a, uh, a civics curriculum, um, which actually promotes action civics, which means that students are going to be out there protesting in the streets and they're going to be lobbying legislators they're going to be writing letters to legislators and um and it's being you know like you talked about the language change it's being um you know promoted uh it's shifting in terms of its description but it really uh is fundamentally going to institute Um, student activism under the cover of civics and it's going to be done the same way that common core was pushed in it's going to be done through bribery so schools that adopt school districts that adopt this program um, will be getting federal funds and so that's how you know a lot of the red states adopted common core during the recession Mm -hmm. so it's a cover the 1619 Project lessons at the Pulitzer Center um, and elsewhere are tailor-made for uh, this kind of uh, what they call civics education. Um, it's, you know, biased. It's intended to get students riled up. There are actually assignments um, for students to write letters or to, you know, have a, an Instagram presentation, and it's all one-sided. It's intended to push the 1619 Project into more classrooms and, you know, similar kind of curriculum. So uh, this, is, this is simply to make students into activists. All right. A couple of more questions, and I'll let you go. There's an update on revelations made by Hannah Jones herself regarding the fact that the 1619 Project is a deliberate misrepresentation of American history. Yes, and I found that out, um, you know, simply by reading one of the many interviews of her in um, L.A. Times. And there she noted that her favorite novel was The Known World, which is precisely about a black slave-owning family. And then she revealed on Twitter that she knew about the thousands of years of slavery, um, but that she was deliberately focusing on 150 years. So she knows about this, and she has revealed it. Um, You know, she thinks she's pretty clever, (laughs) but uh, she's let it slip, and she is deliberately presenting slavery uh, and its legacy as an exclusively American institution. 
Well, we know that that's not the fact because the U.K. had had it going for a long time. And then finally, uh, you know, the abolitionists in the U.K. got rid of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, as I try to present in a book, and you, you need several volumes, but it's been a worldwide institution since time, uh, yes. since the beginning of time, as far back in history as we can go, the Israelites, and uh, around the globe, wherever people lived, there has been slavery, and uh, as a matter of fact, servitude was the normal state of affairs, either enslavement or um, some other kind of servitude until, uh, you know, the Declaration of Independence. And we were at the forefront in terms of abolishing slavery. Um, and slavery still goes on in Africa. Um, it, went, it was legal. Uh, until well into the 20th century in many places in Africa. Uh, there was enslavement of white people, people of all nationalities, races, um, religions. Um, so it, it, if you want to look at something that is ubiquitous throughout history, slavery is it. All right. Like I tell my listeners every time you're on with me, debunking the 1619 project, exposing the plan to divide America by Mary Graybar, needs to be added to your home library, especially if you're a homeschooling parent. And uh, if you have your kids in public education, definitely have it so that you can fight back some against uh, the powers that be. Mary, thanks a lot. Appreciate you being on again, and uh, we'll do it again soon here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye now. Mary Graybar here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Again, debunking the 1690 project, 1619 project, uh, exposing the plan to divide America. It's out in paperback starting next week. It'll be cheaper than it was in uh, hardback copy. Make sure you get a copy of it. You can get it on Amazon, get it on, you know, barnesandnoble.com. All the bookstores will have it. Get it and read it and know what you're fighting against. All right, out of time. Got to get out of here. Be back with you at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Don't forget, Joe and uh, Duck will be here. Uh, talk about cars. And Jimmy Cavan's going to be on at 9 o'clock hour. We'll bring you up to date on what's going on in Little Rock and in Cabot. All that's coming your way tomorrow on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.